on, loser. Well, you suck. We are Hottest One Hunters and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I am one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Hey, hey. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hello. And Mr. Adam Buncher. Can I put something out? Every time we do the intro, when you say, like, this is the podcast, it's yeah. slightly more aggressive. I'm really worried what's going to happen when we get to season two. Oh, um, mate. I think it'd have a body count. The yeah. season final, <laughs> like, I'm going to just go ham on this. Yeah, it yep. is. Yeah. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for picking up my motif, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was impressed actually. That you the, had, like I say, oh, surely that's the most intense it can get. But no, no, no. no. <laughs> Just wait until you hit that top ten, man. Shit's Whoa. gonna get so real so quickly. We'll be sitting at the table. You'll be podcasting from the other side of the room. Yep, exactly. <laughs> right. we're still here <laughs> I look forward to that. We have potentially the five best songs in a row that we have had yet in this countdown. And I'm so fucking excited that we get to talk about these songs. So let's not waste a second more. And number 40, this is Ween with Nineteen ninety three, hottest one hundred, with push for little daisies. Holy fucking lord! I'm so excited. Uh, I have loved this song for as long as I can remember. Uh, similar to my Gabrielle story last week, uh, this song is a real to me an eliminator of squares. If you throw this on and there's people in the room being like, "What the fuck is this shit? This is garbage. This is awful," then you cannot be friends with that person. But if you know someone who's down with it and can fully embrace the joy and the glory that is Ween, then you are going to be best friends with that motherfucker for the rest of your goddamn life. This man is so, so important to my exposure to music in terms of left of center weirdness. Like, just flat out avant-garde, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Whenever the fuck we want. We're not going to even make two songs that sound the same, let alone two albums. Uh, And it all starts, for me, with this song. 
Uh, the pitch-shifted vocals are pure perfection. They're using uh, what later been ne- became known as the Cartman effect, which is where they would sing the song normally and uh, then uh, shift it up, I think, about three or four uh, semi... Quavers or something? What's the... Semitones? Semitones. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so about three or four semitones. And, uh, yeah, just... Uh, added in, oh, t- put it over the top of the music uh, from there, and I really, really dug that. The guitar tone is amazing. Uh, just the the way it's able to build with such precious little one guitar, one bass, one drum machine, and it's able to just go to the next level from there. Uh, it's flying its freak flag gloriously high, and I am saluting it on this day. I fucking love this song, and I will always. Always watch those little daisies come up. Uh, it's it's a great, glorious, glorious thing to see. I'm going to throw it to uh, Mac, uh, who uh, is another resident weirdo among us. Uh, are you are you Ween Keen? Um, I'm actually not that familiar with them, to be honest. I've heard a few songs here and there. My first um, exposure to them, funny you should mention... Cartman effect is because my first exposure to them was when they appeared on the South Park album Chef A. Ah, uh, yes. That was where I first heard Ween. And I remember yeah, at the that's time. That's a classic like, album that everyone had at isn't that it? time. Right? I, so I, I remember at the time thinking, that's a weird band. And then as I've grown up and learned about them more, yeah, I was right. They are a weird band. <laughs> um, and they're like, I guess, like, I, I, I do like kind of weird music. I love the Residents, Zappa, Beefheart. Sure. Liz, quote the list goes on, dot ping. Um, <laughs> but. This song, I don't entirely get groove on. I don't mind it. I, I, I appreciate what it's doing, and I, I know that if I heard it on the record in the context of an album, it'd be a much better song. It makes so much sense to be a, 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 an album-sounding song. As a single, though, I don't really groove on it that much. Um, like, I know that it's striking that note between actual psychedelic rock and, I guess, silly music that, I guess, uh, again, The Residents and Zappa also do that kind of thing, and... This works. And there are times... I, I've, I've, I've listened to this song a few times because I really didn't know what to think to begin with, which I guess, in a way, it achieved its goal. Um, so in that way, perhaps it is successful. But I never really came to listen to it and enjoy it. I listened to it like three or four times, and I never really once really liked it any of the times, but I felt compelled to re-listen to it. So maybe it did what it wanted to do. It got under my skin, and I needed to find out more about it. But I was never enjoying myself when I was hearing it. So I'm not sure what to think, which is, again, maybe exactly the point. Yeah, that could that could well be it. Adam? I guess I'm not as put off by the weirdness of it. I don't find it as weird. I kind of accept the weirdness a little bit more. I'm not, like I'm not, I'm of being not put like, off by it. No, I, I wouldn't imagine that you are, but like it, it drove you to kind of want to delve into it more. Yeah. I feel like I kind of just go, yeah, it's weird. And then I, that, that's enough for me. Like mm. I don't really need to invest in it anymore. I think the difference really between like our opinions, Andrew, is that I, yeah, I, I think it's probably just okay as it is. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not put you off by it. You dig the song? Yeah, I dig it enough. You know, it's I like I like the energy of it. Like mm. I, I like the the huge obnoxiousness um, in a way for what it is. I mean, there's definitely a, a time for this song. It's basically that's mm. basically all I have for that. Hmm. Ween is one of those bands that like I, for years people have been like, oh, you should really get into Ween. You're gonna love Ween, and yeah. I never have. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's the right thing to say. Really, like that's I'm, that's a really difficult one to like say to someone. You should. Yeah, for Ween. I don't think yeah, there's any should for Ween. Just just like a lot of people, like you will really appreciate Ween, and you'll get a lot out of that. This song, if like if this is what it is to go by, then I don't know, man. Like it, it's okay. It doesn't. 
Like musically, it gets me, but I don't think it's interesting or experimental enough for me to find it interesting or experimental. Mm. The vocals, like I get that it's pitch shifted and that's kind of cool or whatever, but it just it just rubs me the wrong way. I guess I just find it like obnoxious is a strong word, but I guess I just shrug it off and like mm. the song's okay. I can I understand why it would mean a lot to a lot of people and and people would really get into it, but it just doesn't grab me. Sorry, man. I like. I understand. <laughs> this means we can never it's be. It's not me. I should be apologizing. Well, to. <laughs> I feel like it is. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, now, for this week's bonus material, I am going to be throwing in some footage of me performing at the Town Hall Hotel a couple of years back as part of a Ween tribute night. Hey, uh, I did uh, th- three, technically four uh, songs. I covered uh, what Dina was talking about. Transdermal Celebration and Voodoo Lady, which then led into a drum rendition of the HIV song, uh, which is a timeless classic in its own right. So uh, if you're interested in watching a fat fuckhead make a dickhead out of himself while playing some Ween songs on the gate, then click away. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the mighty Ween will be returning at some point. But uh, until that moment, watch that little daisy grow. Oh my god, at number 39, it's The Cure with Friday I'm in Love! obvious to anybody who's met me in the past kind of five years that I'm a huge fan I couldn't love this band more they'd be my one of my all time favourite groups they're a band that I can re- return to endlessly they have a plethora of albums that I just that I'm gonna like use the word masterpiece for mm-hmm. Disintegration being the codifier for that but yes. then again Kiss Me Kiss Me Kiss Me fantastic the Head on the Door Pornography Faith 17 Seconds even Wish which is this what it's from later than that Blood Flowers they have so many fantastic records they the I I know that like it's easy to shrug them off as saying they just write a lot of depressing music and occasional pop songs, but I do think they cover a wide breadth of emotion and feeling. They really, really do. I find they um whether they're I know that a lot of those emotions are just 
the difference between isolation and loneliness and lethargy and misery. But, <laughs> but, but, that, but that kind of shit is important when you're depressed. Indeed. And they nail it fantastically. I guess my preferred cure sound is more the disintegration pornography side of things than it is the Friday I'm in Love mint car sound. Nonetheless, I do think this song is fantastic. This is a wonderfully, wonderfully written, catchy, infectious pop song that I guess in a way there's a certain kind of, not stigma, but a certain kind of image that goes along with saying that you're a Cure fan and you like these kind of Cure songs. Like, you're not a proper Cure fan. <laughs> like Not a card carrier. Yeah, exactly. Like, when I, I, if I go to, like, say, a club night and a Cure song comes on and it's this particular song, there's always a kind of, like, reservation to, like, pretend you get into it kind of thing like that because, I don't know, we like... Like 100 years, no, 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 we will listen to A Forest a few times, thank you. Like, those, those, those are the real cure songs to enjoy. But whatever, this song is a fucking killer. It's so much fun, it's so goddamn happy, and there's yeah. so much to love about it. The um, It's a perfect kind of encapsulation of that, I guess, in, in a way, it's the naivety of early love. Those, like, it's the, it goes from, for like a few days of the week, it's so, they're just a person, and then one day they're a heartbreaker, and then they just like, you, build, you, do, you do something else, and then before you fucking know it, you're in love with this person, and you're like, oh my god, I, I'm, I'm in love with this person, and then it's, it's gorgeous, and like the silly things, seeing someone like, like see, see you eat in the middle of the night, that's, that's a silly thing that you'd love when you're just in love with someone, and it's a naivety of youth encapsulated, like it's a naivety of youth as expressed as a meaning of love. I really think that a huge amount of effort went into writing this song as well as, as this. I think it's a master pop song that stands up to being delved into deeper as a piece of, I guess, art for, like, art expressing something beyond itself, so mm. to speak. But even beyond that, just, it's it's so much fun. The piano at the start, from that those initial chords, when that comes yeah. on, I'm already smiling, and it's so much fun, and I smile yeah. the entire time. And the video as well. Like, it's so, so much fun. Rob's the biggest dork in his baggy sweater. <laughs> yes. And, like, he's got, like, these, his hair's really short in it, and it makes him look even younger. And he's, like, crappy lipstick, and his dorky hand movements, and his way-too-big sneakers. I just, I like, if this song was a person, I would just want to hug him for their whole life. I, I love it without compare. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I got into The Cure with you in yeah. high school, and, like, I mean, even now, Disintegration is my go-to answer if someone asks me what my favourite album is. Yeah. Like, it's the, that's my number one album. Like, oh. I think it's it's a perfect yeah. piece of music. Mm. Um, and I think The Cure, the, the thing about The Cure that makes them so special is that Robert Smith has such an incredible way of writing, and then the rest of the band, obviously, adding music to it, like, songs that just represent emotions that are so, like not grounded yeah. in any way. The depressing songs are like immeasurably depressing and yeah. you're completely lost in that. And then at the other end of that is the happy songs and they are just so, so happy and yeah. again, completely lost in that. Friday Night in Love is just pure, ungrounded infatuation. It's it's manic and like the recording, because it was recorded to be a little bit slower, but Robert Smith forgot to turn the very speed recorder off and that's why it's... um. I think it's a quarter tone higher than it's meant to be and it's slightly faster than it was meant to be as well. And that just adds to, like, it's just that that mania, that, like, you know, that irresistible, infectious love that that The Cure do so well when they do the happy songs. It's it's a great song. Did you hear about the story about when Robert Smith was writing this? He went through a period of massive paranoia, apparently, because he was just, like, he was sure that he'd stolen the melody. Yeah, right. But that's the beauty of it. You, you, You think you've heard that kind of thing before, and maybe you have, but... It has that kind of feeling, like like the best pop songs. We were talking about this in previous episodes. 
um, the best pop songs are songs that you hear and you think you know them already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like from the get go, you're like, I'm familiar with this song, and then you realise, no, I'm not. It just it's already home. You're already home. Apparently, yeah. he like called everyone. Yeah, like, right. He was just on the phone. Like he couldn't shake the feeling that he'd stolen it. So he was like just playing it for everyone, just being like, "Have you heard this before? Is, you know, did I actually come up with this?" And then it came. It's like, yeah, man, that's that's yours. Yeah. The only it sounds song like that, Smith might have some anxiety problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the only song that they said was uh, remotely close was one that the Cure had already written. So, <laughs> so they were fine. Yeah. Like, they were cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like great. Song. I love the song. I I think it's incredible. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes me feel like just full and, and kind of weightless. And I think that, you know, for me to feel ungrounded while listening to it obviously does communicate that ungrounded feeling that the song has. Like, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I, yeah, big it up heaps. Want it all the time. I've just been smiling this entire time. (laughs) It's just like that. It's just really nice. Yeah. Oh God. I just, I have so much love for everyone in this room because everyone in this room is feeling the love for Friday I'm in Love, man. You're a fan, obviously. Of course. This is a pop classic. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting. There's the saying of seeing the clown crying, which is seeing, it's the idea of uh, something that's normally happiness and joy uh, in a moment of misery, and, it's and this is and this is the complete opposite. Yeah, this is the goth smiling. Yeah, you know, this is the person who's always oh nobody loves me, everybody hates me, might as well go eat some worms. <laughs> you know, suddenly seeing the looking up from his shoes and seeing the rainbow in the sky and thinking, yeah, shit's gonna actually be all right today. And yeah. it's just that moment, you know, it's that skip along the road kind of thing, and it's. This glorious release, the harmonies just get me, the finger-picking guitar gets me. Uh, It's just a song that I always am overjoyed to hear. Uh, Similar to you guys, uh, I uh, kind of got into The Cure in high school and, uh, yeah, discovered a lot of their music through that. Uh, When I was 14, actually, they released uh, their self-titled album and... Uh, that was my first, like, oh, I heard about this Cure band. I should probably, I'll, I'll listen to this and then kind of work my way around, you know, and see. Cause, and then my friend Ryan uh, had a huge Cure collection and he got me in on that. I will respectfully disagree and uh, throw in that 17 Seconds is my favorite Cure album. It's a but, great album. Uh, I've got nothing but love for Disintegration as well. I think that they had a run where they were just making faultless records yeah. and had a run of incredible singles. And... Yes, there are, you know, some casual Cure fans who will only like, you know, the the jauntier moments in their, like, Friday I'm in Love and Love Cats and... Uh, maybe, hi. Hi, uh, The Caterpillar, maybe? Yeah. Which... Oh, I, but they're all great songs. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, if I was going to drop a Cure song in the club, it would be The Caterpillar. The Caterpillar is a fucking killer. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Close to me. Oh, oh, of course, yeah. close to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, they had a bit of revitalized interest uh, not too long ago. Uh, Adele on her record-smashing uh, second album, 21, uh, that album features a cover of Love Song. Oh. And uh, Robert Smith apparently loved it. So, uh, oh, let's know. not forget the uh, the Crystal Castles feature as well. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Uh, on their custom Static. Blink 182. Oh, yeah. Yes. feature everywhere. 11, 11. South Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was great on South And uh, as Carl says, Disintegration is the best album ever. <laughs> <laughs> Really All right, though. Like, and I think, I think, like, I don't think it's an unfair call when you said that there's an incredible variety in the queue. Like, of course there is. Like, yeah. what other bands have a song like Disintegration and a song like Love Cats? Yeah, like, that's so true. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's huge. That's Nathan Street. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it, also, it Friday just, I'm in Love, this song. Yeah. Is, yeah. Just everything about this I absolutely love, and I'm so glad that we got to talk about it. It's such an odd inclusion given the time frame. You know, this yeah. came out in like the middle of 1992, and it ended up in the 1993 Hottest 100. So, this, you know, by January 1994, they were playing the song yeah. from yeah. May 1992. But, you know, it's just like, oh, just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good <laughs> the because The Cure, like, dominated all of the earlier Hottest 100. Oh, totally, that yeah. That were all time. I think there was one of them where there was, what, 10 songs? Something like that, yeah. Something like yeah. In, in the one countdown. It's mm-hmm. good to see them sneak into the year one. Because well. this is the last time we'll be talking about them, isn't it? I think so. I can't see what else they'll be getting in. No. Mm. Which is a shame, but mm. uh, yeah, they they did briefly get some Triple J airplay with the self titled record. Uh, I actually which, like that record. Uh, yeah, which is, mm. you know, it's got its moments. Uh, this, the lead single, End of the World, is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, great, and is genuinely one of my favourite Cure songs just mm. because it came along as one of my first major exposures to the band. And that did get some pretty decent Triple J airplay, but sadly not enough to get it into the Hottest 100. But uh, at the very least, we had this moment, and that's what counts to me. So, uh, I don't care if the rest of the Hottest 100 is blue. Uh, <laughs> That's it. It's this moment. It's this moment that we are in love. At number 38, uh, I promised you they'd be back, and as sure as shit, here they are. At number 38, it's Dinosaur Jr. with Get Me. Well, I don't see you. I won't call you. I don't know enough to stall you. Junior at number 38 with Get Me. I am definitely not complaining about another slice of Dinosaur Junior. Again, from the wonderful Where You Been album, which I strongly recommend to everyone at this table. Uh, It's a bit more mellow in terms of Dinosaur Junior tracks. Some tracks will really pick up the pace and, you know, get to the hook really quickly and all be done and dusted within, you know, a couple of minutes. But this one really takes its time and the pacing's lovely and, you know, it builds up again. It's got a very, very tasty solo. 
there's some nice little female backing vocals thrown in there for good measure. Yeah, it's another uh, great standout point of the Way You Been record for me. Considering we've just included them again, I'm I'm tempted to just go and do a hottest 100 of Dinosaur Junior songs. <laughs> <laughs> just my top 100 Dinosaur Junior songs. That'll be a fun countdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream but you know one day one day we'll get there this is a great song I think I actually think I prefer this track to last week's one um, mm-hmm. I like over the, Start Chopping over Start Chopping yeah the, I think the like I like the dirty kind of dirty slow groove that the guitar gets again Mascus you're killing it on the guitar oh totally his yeah. tone is fantastic and again the solo is brilliant as you'd expect it's crazy um, yeah I think a problem that I have with this song though and I guess maybe Dino Jr. in general, apart from what I love from Living All Over Me, um, is that the his voice makes the songs sound less interesting than they are in reality. Yeah, it comes across a bit of 90s I'm a rock man voice, and I think that that maybe puts me on the, the back foot from the get-go, despite the fact that the song is great. I don't know, there's just something that doesn't quite connect, even though I think this is a very good song. His vocals the, have always been kind of touch and go for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 but I, I know that I shouldn't be crapping on it because you know, it, it's it dinosaur fucking junior. You don't crap on them, like, <laughs> and I know that they'll find out. Yeah, like I know that, and like, but yeah, there's something about them that just never quite. I don't know, grabs me as holy. I know that I kind of touched on this last week, but yeah, but this still is a very good song. I prefer, I love the fucking dirgy, slow dirtiness of it all. It's a bit more psych rock than 90s alt rock, yeah. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah which, I can see is, that. You know, just a yeah. bit more laid back and yeah. What was yeah. your take on it? It's nice, it's good. I, yeah, I, I guess sort of the same boat. Like, Dinosaur Jr. is cool, I like it, but I, I'll never probably like dive head first into it. Do, is it just a matter of not having time? Maybe, maybe, or is it? It's like it's a, is it a can't or won't situation? I, I think it's a can't. I don't think it's a won't. I, I'm certainly willing. The, the body is willing, but the spirit, no way. No way. <laughs> Who knows? This is a good, really good song. I think like it's fun. The guitar, like I think, to me at least, the the guitar is more of a central character in this song mm. than in last week's song. Sure, um, and that makes it better for me because that's sort of what I'm going to Dinosaur Junior for Yeah, at this point. So. Now, the big discovery uh, for last week was Adam's uh, newfound love of Dinosaur Junior. Yeah. So, uh, has that love affair continued with Get Me? I adored Star Chopping. I think that song's, like, just amazing. This yeah. track, I don't like it quite as much as Star Chopping. In fact, I heard this song before I heard Star Chopping. I was listening to songs for the podcast in reverse order. Whatever. As you do? Yeah, because I'm crazy like that. Oh, um, And I didn't really get into this song... Until I'd kind of heard Start Chopping and kind of like that was my that was my gateway my gateway song for Dinosaur Junior and coming back to it listening to it again I'm like yeah no this is this is sick because I like it as much as the other one um, it's great like it's yeah it's got everything that I that I liked uh, in the in Start Chopping but just like reinvented and chopped around and done it in a different way this time you know the same falsetto kind of hook uh, the kind of the the difference between being lazy and energised like that that kind of feeling of you're, yeah. on, you're on the edge you're between the two like you can chill to this and you can get amped up by this you can do both um, I like the vocals I like I do like yeah they're a bit they're a bit rock tropey but I think like there's enough distance within what else is going on in the song and I think it's just a tone thing and for me I, I, I just want sorry to interject I just wanted to say I think it's worth mentioning that Jay's vocals they're not uh, you know standard following they are standard setting to me you know a lot of a lot of a lot of bands followed you know Jay's vocal lead sure. you know, kind of yeah. going for the more introverted kind of 
low and key kind of sound. I don't think, you know, he was, you know, trying to typify any type of 90s rock trope. I think he just, you know, inadvertently became one. Okay. That, that's what that's I... Valid. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, that's the way I see it, anyway. That's cool. I dig the song. I dig, I dig the band. I'm glad I know them, and I'm glad they come up again. And it shows like it had quite a strong following from this album as well, to get two songs this close together... Uh, up this high in the countdown, like obviously it was, you know, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they sadly only have one more song in the entire history of the Hottest 100, but thankfully it's one of their best. Uh, so uh, until next time, my friends. Number thirty-seven. This is the Juliana Hatfield Three with my sister. Seven in the 1993 Hottest 100 with my sister. Adam, you don't have a sister. No, I do. Actually, I've got two half-sisters. Two half-sisters? Yeah. Do, do they form to make one? One fall. Yeah. <laughs> with their powers combined, they've got the, the magic ring. Are they the Voltron of siblings? Yeah. yeah. On average, you have one sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what was what was your take on Julianna Hatfield? Well, I actually want to know, like, and I want to, I, I don't know, we're, we're probably just going to talk about this and not necessarily come to any conclusions, but is this song for real? Like, is it being, is it being ironic or is it being heartfelt? Like, because that's, it's two completely different ways to read it as I see it. Because, sure. like, it communicates the tone of, like, a teen girl writing in a diary really, really well. Like, it's certainly, that's what the writing is to me. But is that done... Is that done earnestly, or is it done reflectively? Like, is it taking on that voice, or is that just the voice? Like, I think it's taking on. Yeah, but, that's I mean, what I but, think but, too. but but with a genuine like sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's an earnestness there. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was a bit I wasn't sure because like I don't know if you chose to read it as it being like no, this is what someone thinks is a song. Like, that's <laughs> well, that's entirely, right, well, let's, entirely let's, different. Let's go on a choose your own adventure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Depending on which way it goes, uh, what's what's your take on it? Well, I guess I end up at the same place eventually in the end, which uh-huh, is like okay. you know, like uh, an example of '90s sentiment. Really, like I think I think this is just like a 
a great expression of kind of you know like angst in in the night. Sure. When, when, you, when it was still okay to kind of be openly angsty, like we don't do this now. We we have songs about YOLO. We have songs about getting drunk in the club, and that's the way we deal with our angst now. <laughs> like. We have the national. Are, that's a mature. That's music. mature angst, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's angst uh, in a suit. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that's like that's like I'm a middle aged man. I have this kid. I'm not ready for kids. <laughs> also, like wine. You know, like that's <laughs> like that's the that's the national. And I love, that's the national discography right there. I love the national. <laughs> I have so, a kid. So Why much. do I have a kid? Also, wine. Also, <laughs> also kid, make me a drink. <laughs> yeah, but um. But this is, yeah, like, this is, like, a youthful sentiment, a youthful angst, I guess. Yeah. Which you don't see. Like, I just, you know, I, I, that's what kind of made me realize it when I was listening to this song. It's like, we don't, mm. we don't express things in the same way anymore. We, we, we kind of bury it under, like, positivity, like, forced positivity. It seems mm. to be the, the zeitgeist at the moment. You guys can disagree. Maybe I'm missing something. No, I think I'll be yeah. close to the nail there. I, um, this song, I don't know, I wasn't huge for it, to be honest, musically. I thought that it was a little bit of, um, kind of, like, it's kind of meandering middle of the road power pop hidden behind some like grunge tropes mm. I didn't dislike it I, I just didn't really but it's not, it's not that it's forgettable so to speak it's just that I didn't really find it to be remarkable it was just a kind of that kind of you can tell that it's a product of its influences very yeah. very easily yeah um, that's valid yeah. sure yeah. some of the I, I understand again as you said lyrics um, I understand that it's meant to be kind of on the nose so to speak kind of cringeworthy on purpose like it's a teenage girl writing a diary about her sister and like oh he's yeah. and all that kind of thing but I still but the end result was the same for me which was exactly. a little bit of cringe yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to kind of allow the the distance to do anything yeah. different for the song when it, in the end when it does when it does like kick in and it gets a bit better like it's much better but well, the guitar works okay yeah sounds, yeah I think I think know. the tone's pretty Pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool, but it's not it's super cool. Mm. And I think it's aged pretty badly too. Like, <laughs> what's your sibling situation? I have two younger brothers. Ah, uh, yes. You have a sister. I do indeed. I have an older sister and a younger brother. So I'm. Uh... Did she take you to the Violent Femmes? Sorry. Did she take you to the Violent Femmes? She didn't. Uh, what a bitch. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that fucking lyric, though, I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I, I actually kind of like the, like, the bipolar lyrics, because it is really easily relatable to anyone who's just had conflict with their siblings. Yeah, you know? yeah. my bro- My younger brother is my best friend, and I probably fought with him more than I fought with any other human being in yeah. my entire life. You know, and I totally get that that conflict of loving him one day and then hating the next. But yeah, that that all ages show lyric just fucking slayed me. I really, really loved that. Uh, the guitar tone sticks pretty nicely. There's a kind of good musical dynamic going on, like within the power trio format here. Like all the instruments really kind of carry their own. It's a bit of a twist on the the old rock we've been hearing in this countdown. It's not just, no, oh, I hate my life, you know, it's just like, oh, I hate someone else's life. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's a bit, it's it's taking a, a, a personal, yeah, slant to it, which I find interesting. I'm definitely considering a further investigation of this album and her discography uh, under the Julia Hatfield 3 moniker. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, uh, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But uh, now, uh, Nathan... Two younger um, brothers. Two younger brothers. Two younger brothers. And, I think uh, this, you, 
Mm-hmm. Did you fight with them at all? Or? Oh yeah, hey, not anymore. I, like I think, but growing up, as soon as I left home, I all of a sudden had incredibly good relationships with both my thing. brothers. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess this is growing. What's up. the what's the gap? <laughs> uh, three years and then nine years. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. This song, I think, like, musically, it makes me think of the Breeders. Uh, some sort of Slater Kinney, of that, yeah. like Fruit of Salt. Yeah, yeah, kind of like. The, the 90s, <laughs> much. You know, what happened with Riot Girl in the 90s, and it sort of became a bit more like girl rock guitar stuff. Yeah, like Liz Lash. Bear. Lash. You remember yeah. Lash? I sure do. Sure as <laughs> yeah, shit. Like, it's, it's, it's a few shades lighter of that, but it certainly makes me think of that. And then the reason I think the lyrics are kind of earnest, and she wrote this, she doesn't have a sister, but she no, wrote a lot of it based it, yeah. on her older brother's girlfriend. Yeah. And they were quite close. Oh. Um, and then that, like, that sort of Riot Girl 90s guitar rock bands um, the all ages show just makes me think you know like you a, a girl wanting a sister to, mm. to sort of do that and it's about that lineage you know of, of that kind of music in a very male dominated world which is rock music and like this countdown is already an incredibly good uh, representation of that not that you need to look far anywhere for one so I don't know I, I, I kind of get that maybe I'm reading a lot into it maybe I'm reading it way more into it than I need to um, but but I, I, I feel a, a lineage of, of um, female-driven rock in this song. No, definitely. You and know I, that um, uh, Juliana Hatfield as well attracted a little bit of controversy uh, and a following in Teen Girl magazines. She was interviewed and it was revealed that she was like a virgin in her mid-twenties. Wow. And yeah, she she did it just to kind of like mess with people a little bit. It was I think she was legit. Like I think she was real, but it was just, just like I was appearing in this magazine with like heaps of hypersexualized people and I just basically came out and said, "Look, I don't think sex is a big deal." You know. It's not it's not that I'm necessarily asexual or whatever, but it's just like I don't, I don't really it's I don't really go. Yeah. And so, even like, that like I, an I immediately draw links to the like right girl movement and, and yeah. about like owning Owning sexuality and it not yeah. being yeah yeah so totally yeah I, I think there's I think a lot in that and so cool I don't know I, I you know I can get behind this I think nice sweet mm. as nice so uh, yeah this section of the of the podcast is dedicated to all of our siblings however they may be hi thanks for listening if you are and if you're not then why not support your brothers come I on I can't hear you man fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I will come in there and I will hit you with my ring hand. Fire up cunt at number 36, the final song in this week's countdown. It's the Hoodoo Gurus with the right time.
Sugar is at number 36 with The Right Time. And the time is right now for Nathan Harrison. Take the floor, my friend. Time has been and gone for the Hoodoo Gurus, though, hasn't it? Like, I feel like it, they're just a bit past it at this point. Oh, sure. But, you know, they're in their 50s. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like this <laughs> here, here they're in their today, 30s. Yeah. yeah here, here they're in their 30s. So, you know, the, the hair's a little graying, but, you know, yeah. they're still kind of there. But I don't know. Listening to this, I was like, ah, oh, like, I feel like you should have maybe wrapped it up by now. I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe that's it. This song's okay. Like, it sounds good, like it's rocking or whatever, but it just, it comes up fairly empty for me. Mm. Um, reading about it, it was uh, originally written to be part of a suite of songs. He was, uh, Mr. Gurus. Was, um, I don't know anyone's <laughs> names. The Gurus. Dave Faulkner is the lead singer. Dave Faulkner. He was trying to write, uh, basically a mini opera. He was trying to do The Who's, a quick one. Ah. Uh, and so this was meant to be in a suite of songs that were that. Uh, okay. This and only one other song made it onto the album. Uh, I can't remember what the album is called, but... Neither can I. This album... Yeah, only a couple of the songs made it onto that, and so that sort of fell apart. Yeah. But even, like, looking at it in that frame, I don't get any sense of narrative for this. I don't... I don't feel much. Like, you know, it's it's a fairly rockin' song or whatever. It's like, it's a good pub rock song, but at the end of the day, it's a pub rock song. I'm very excited for UMI to come in in a couple of years and sort of remove pub rock from Australian rock, at least to my mind. So, yeah, I don't know, like this... You, you, don't, you don't consider them a pub rock band? Yeah, kind of, but not in the same way that I look at bands like the Hoodoo Gurus and Cold Chisel and, and like, okay. when I think of pub rock, I think 80s pub rock and I think and UMI rock. changed that. I think UMI did something... Well, UMI were definitely a part of, like, like I guess they were the natural they successes to it. Yeah, 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 they played pop, absolutely. But yeah. in terms of, like, the musical ethos, I guess, for me, I think UMI change something fundamentally in Australian rock and, and it doesn't go back to that. I'm looking forward to this because this song just doesn't do it for me anymore. Okay, mm. uh, Andrew? Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is a good fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's a great little rocker. Um, Alright, moving on. <laughs> I, have, um, no, I think it, it's funny comparing this to, I guess, the previous UMI song from a few weeks ago now. Um, how, in I guess, this is far more like to use lax terms here, this song feels far more, I guess, out west, while UMI feels very inner city. This feels like a real dirty, kind of grungy-ass rocker. And there's... This is for the tradies, UMI is for the uni students. It, yeah, to a certain degree. I'm like... I'm not going to... Well, like fuck them all, obviously. Um, like, Says the uni student. I, I've dug once. Um, I, I engage. What a shovel looks like. Yeah, I, I, engage, I engage in trade. I'm part of the free market. Um, um, but yeah, like I think it's funny how much I guess this you and I obviously being I guess following on from the Hoodoo Gurus trail. Um, this. It's funny hearing this song released, I guess, concurrently to the UMI track, um, which sounds far more like you can. As you said, it's far more forward thinking. Like, there's more ideas at play there compared to this, where it does feel more stagnant. Yeah. I, still, I, still, I still think it's a very fun song. I really enjoyed it, but I do think that it's like, it's light on meaning, high on fun. Where I guess UMI will inject some meaning into the fun as well, and I might tone back the the sheer yeah man party, but, they, <laughs> but it's for a greater goal, and it's fascinating hearing the two of them back. But I do think it's a good song. I know that it's got that kind of classic Aussie rock mate song, but I won't like I won't, I won't hold that against it too much. 
I freaking hate the Hoodoo Gurus. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Fucking hell. Mis- what, the, mis- what did they mis- ever do love. to you? They released Miss Free Love. That song's horrible. It's it, like, I just... It's I just think I know that song. Musically, just... I just... Uh. Uh, and then they've also got what's another one like Wow like Wow Wipeout again you know being on commercial radio and doing like the 80s flashback songs they're another band that's like a classic for that and they just they shit me up the wall like I don't I just yeah dude's voice nah I tolerate this song slightly more um, I appreciate the harmonies that are going on here uh, a bit of a flashback to the sharp earlier <laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> yes hi guys Australian voices harmonised in rock it's that's pretty cool but that's about as much as I'm willing to give it you know like I it, it comes it comes it harmonises I go yeah and then it goes yeah <laughs> we're just living yeah. I think that I think that's going to be the episode title yeah but, but it also yes yeah, trust me on that but also like there's a little bit of the same thing that I had with uh, Hunters and Collectors going on here like the Australiana aspect which I, I again have have trouble penetrating and I have trouble kind of aligning myself to because I feel like it doesn't want me but like yeah uh, but I'm a whole hoodoo guru uh, but this song less uh, that's my conclusion yeah. mate yeah. I'm half poofter and I'm Aussie as fuck so you know if I can do it anyone can and what do you think of this song I fucking love it I love the hoodoo gurus I always have I've seen them three times uh, that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen a band more than once yeah yeah wow yeah that must have been great what? <laughs> cried at arcade fire twice <gasps> twice yeah that's more than once two separate nights that's next level next level i'm so impressed yeah <laughs> thanks man. No, a bit snarky here <laughs> <laughs> a bit late for that <laughs> oh. No, I've always done the gurus. I, I always have good fun with them. I think they are one of the finest uh, singles bands from uh, this era of Australian rock music. This is, you know, we're moving into a later period and the hair may be balding a little, but uh, like I said, they still know how to rock. There's big riff, there's some big drums, and there's a big chorus, and that's the payoff. You know, once you get there, that's 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 uh, that's what it's all about to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to go from the hunters to the gurus. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, honestly, I have a lot of fun with this song. I really, yeah. It's yeah. I've it's like cool. I always I've always had fun with this band. I think they've got some absolutely wonderful songs that I always enjoy hearing whenever they come up. Uh, yeah, they are they're still around to this day. They don't play as much as they used to, but uh, they did put out a uh, fairly impressive uh, album about four years ago now. Uh, which uh, I really enjoyed, uh, despite it, you know, not selling that greatly. But um, you know, they're still they're still a hardworking machine of a band. And uh, funny story of their inclusion here in the Hottest One Hundred. Uh, now their drummer, uh, his brother, is Richard Kingsmill. Ah, ah. Ha <laughs> ha! Nepotism. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> still, if it was nepotism, they get number one, surely. Just well, like that would yep. be too obvious. Yeah, <laughs> appearing at all is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Balls so, enough um, to put them ahead of crowded house. <laughs> I'm concerned. Okay, guys. So I and can't actually put you at number one. Uh, so you're gonna have to pick a number between 99 and 36. Is that James Mill voice? It's my evil dick. It's my oh, evil Kingsmill. Yeah, it's my evil Kingsmill. Right. <laughs> it's Dick Kingsmill. <laughs> Dicky, uh, evil Dicky. Evil Dicky strikes again. You just wait till I unleash the Triple J sound on you all. <laughs> that brings us to the end of another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites and our least favourites. If that is such a thing that can possibly be done, let's start with Adam. 
Yes. The favourite is The Cure. Yep. Um, and I think my least favourite, you know, it's between The Hoodigurus and Hatfield, and I'm probably going to go Hatfield. Okay, cool. Unless I'm forgetting one of the songs. Ween. Wayne's not Wayne's not horrible. <laughs> Wayne, we, we can stay. Fair enough. Have, have you made your choice? Then? I have. I have. My least favorite is Wayne, but like it, it is a strong five. I, I will give it that. You know, I'm I'm being. I have to be hard on one of them. Uh, I was hard on Wayne and Hoodoo Guru, so I'll pick Wayne. Uh, and friendship surrounding. I know. This is the uh, this is the breakup episode. I'm with uh, Bunch on this one. Favorite easy to cure and weakest. I'm gonna go Hatfield. Yeah, so fair happy, enough. Man. Yeah, look, I was originally refusing to uh, even pick a worst, but just because I really dug all of these songs. But yeah, sorry, Jules, but uh, uh, I'm afraid it's going to have to go to you. And my favourite is Push the Little Daisies by Ween, because fuck you. <laughs> He's talking to me there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a fuck you in general. It's, just, it's a fuck you to the world. Feels like it's to me because he's flipping me off. <laughs> he's been for quite some time, too. I know. This has been happening for a while. I am aware. <laughs> yeah, you are. I am abreast of this. <laughs> abreast of the bird situation. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Get the word out there. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on WordPress. We are there in uh, hottest 100s and thousands. 100s, 1000s, and no punctuation. Seriously, Dad, no punctuation, alright? Stop putting in punctuation. There is no apostrophes. Stop. Okay, seriously, it's getting out of hand. Until next week, on behalf of Mr. Adam Muncher. See ya. Mr. Nathan Harrison. See ya. And Mr. Nate. Oh, I did it again! Nathan McDonald, he's back! (laughs) (laughs) Revenge. On behalf of Mr. Adam Muncher. Alright, cheers. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. And on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. See ya. My name's David James Young. Keep music evil. Bye! Hottest 100s and thousands is filmed in front of a live studio audience.